Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show. I wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. David Jones, Conservative MP for uh, uh, Cluid West and Deputy Chair of the ERG. Um, good evening, David. Good evening. I can never remember, and I should because I'm half Welsh, whether it is pronounced Cluid or not. No, that was immaculate. I mean, frequently I get it called Clyde West, but that's Wales. Yes, Cluid. <laughs> Cluid. Yes. Cluid, yes. Yeah. yes. Um, anyway, uh, and how, are you in Wales? I presume you're in Wales. Yes, I'm up here now, uh, and I'm going to be here for the next couple of weeks. Uh, like most MPs, I'm working from home. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you may be there for more than a couple of weeks. Well, it could work out that way, but uh, at the moment I'm calculating on going back by the 21st of April. There'll probably have to be uh, all sorts of uh, motions and orders passed, and uh, I think that there, w- there will probably be some sittings, but, of course, it remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Well, if they do that, uh, David, they're going to have to relax the uh, restrictions on the rest of no, us. Then. It's only two weeks, isn't it? Well, I don't think that, that that's necessarily right. I mean, at the moment, of course, all non-essential travel is is banned. Uh, it could be argued that MPs going to Parliament was essential travel, and I think that that probably would be accepted. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, I mean, because you can still go into the studios, can't you, Ash? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, technically, yeah. But it's best yeah. if you don't have to, you shouldn't. No, I, I think we well, should have as little travel as possible. You're quite yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to work out how I can get out of the house. Well, you've got a garden. You've got you've got quite a nice garden. You can uh, mow the lawn. And, uh, I've mowed the lawn twice. We'll get on those rollers. <clears throat> it's not really big enough for rollers. Mm. Mm. You know, yeah. the the more you move away from everybody, the bigger garden you can get. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. I live in the middle of nowhere. In fact, my video out to promote the program, which is uh, on on Twitter, hopefully now, uh, is uh, is up and running, mm. and you can see it at the James Whale. On excellent, Twitter. excellent. Have you seen it, Ash? No. Sorry, David. We're just oh, chatting no. away. I mean, no, no, no. I'm enjoying it. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a rather nice shirt with dogs all over it, but unfortunately, from the angle I've shot it, mm. you can see all my my wrinkles. Oh dear! I don't want to see that. Yeah, I know. It's a bit worrying, yeah. isn't it? 
Anyway, David, what are we going to do about this situation? Uh, Dominic's taken over. Are you happy with that? Yeah, the, the, Dominic's there, of course, as the Prime Minister's appointed deputy. Uh, but we've got to remember that the system in this country is cabinet government with collective responsibility. So uh, we, we've got a cabinet there that will be working together. Dominic is Boris's deputy, but, of course, he is only one of a number of people in cabinet. So you're sharing mm. the decision-making between you, really? Well, that's, that's the way it's always worked in this country. We've got yes. the notion of collective yeah. responsibility. Prime Minister is not a president, but he is, if you like, the chairman of the board. But it doesn't really work like that. You know, Thatcher didn't, and Blair, it didn't really work like that, does it? <laughs> well, I, th I think various PMs have had different, uh, different styles, but in yeah. this particular case, it's clear that, that Dominic mm. is there yeah. as Boris's deputy. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, that's quite quite interesting isn't it really because Dominic said you know we will be getting together we'll be making the decisions as normal through the cabinet which of course mm. they will mm. um, and I couldn't quite understand why members of opposition parties saying well they should have had a deputy uh, prime minister they should have mm. stepped in um, otherwise members of the uh, government the cabinet are going to to get jealous if uh, if someone is just given the job but he actually has the position which actually says you are the deputy if anything happens. Yeah, he's also first secretary of state. Uh, he was appointed uh, yeah. by Boris. So, you yeah. know, th th there's no doubt that he is there uh, as Boris's deputy. And he is, if you like, going to be the uh, stand-in chairman of the board while Boris is indisposed. And it's no yeah. time for arguments, is it, really, at this time? No, absolutely not. And I think that if that's the sort of argument that they're trying to pick it it's pretty lame and i don't think people will thank them for it no. do you know the thing that has uh, i have i have noticed and maybe i just haven't been near a news story uh, uh, a radio or a television much today because of other things um i haven't noticed uh, jeremy corbyn long-time uh, opposition leader against boris come on the media and say anything no, he hasn't. Uh, and uh, Keir Starmer, of course, has been pretty supportive. Uh, Jeremy, I think, well, is very probably now taking a bit of a rest. Mm. Yeah, but you would have thought somebody in his position would have just put out a tweet or a text or something and said, um, uh, my thoughts are with you, old chap, or something like that. Well, he, not in he, those put, words. he put something of that sort out yesterday, and then he went on to say, you know, we should thank the NHS for all they do, which, of course, is quite right. But... You're absolutely right. He's he's been fairly uh, low key since uh, since he departed. Mm. And have you heard um, anything else uh, about Boris that we haven't heard? Anything uh, of, of the latest news? Do you think he's no? Going I mean, to the, tell the, you the, the latest news I've got is that he's stable. He uh, is in the intensive care unit and he's he's, he's on oxygen, but uh, he's not uh, on mechanical ventilation, which is which is a good thing. It, it looks as if, uh, for the time being at least, his condition is not yeah. any worse and is stabilised. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Dr Natalie McDermott, uh, National Institute for Health Academic Clinical Lecturer at King's College London. Uh, joins us now. Uh, doctor, good evening. Good evening. Um, is this uh, something that you think will, will, uh, will prove uh, in time to, to actually be of benefit? Um. Well, it's, it's, it's a difficult one, this. Uh, we call it convalescent serum or convalescent plasma. And actually, there was a lot of hope during the Ebola epidemic that it would be useful. And there were three large trials 
um, some of which got off, one of which got off the ground properly and the other two didn't. But uh, it actually didn't demonstrate any benefit once in a clinical trial for patients with mm-hmm. Ebola in West Africa. So uh, sometimes we see uh, there is improvement in certain individuals. The, the problem is that you have to get the right amount of antibody uh, into the patient uh, and people who have survived a disease will have varying amounts of antibodies. So you can't just take a blood donation from one individual uh, and give it to somebody else because you don't know how much antibody they're receiving. So how do you uh, so take it very... out? How do you get the antibody? Well, you take, you take a blood sample from an individual and then you separate uh, the plasma from it uh, using a special machine. And it's and in the plasma, just... is it, the antibody? Yeah. So it's not a white blood cell, it's its own sort of chemical, is it? Well, it's, it's where it's uh, contained. So it's not contained in... Uh, uh, so when you separate blood, yeah. uh, you get your red cells and yeah. then you get your plasma. Um, and so uh, it, the white blood cells are contained within the plasma because the red cells separate... Oh, and it's in the, the white blood cells, this anti- yeah. antibody. And how, yeah. do you, how would you then collect that? Um, so you, you use Just the, the blood. machine... Yeah, yeah. You take you take a unit of blood, or, or however much blood you need, depending on how much plasma you get off one person's unit of yeah. blood, uh, and then you separate yeah. it using a special machine. All right. Well. Mm. You see, my friend uh, doctor wanted to be a, a, a doctor yeah. himself yeah. and never really quite made it. Yeah. It's too difficult. He doesn't like the sight of blood, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, go on, Ash. No, go on. You. you. Well, you know all the the technical terms. Um, 854 deaths reported across the UK in a day. Uh, Seems quite a lot. Uh, A a jump from, uh, I think yesterday was 600 and something. Uh, Are they they using different figures, though, today? Uh, No, I don't believe so. Um, There's... uh, uh, I understood that it was 700 and, and something deaths today, 780 odd. Mm. Um, but uh, no, they're not using different uh, figures. It will just vary from day to day. Uh, and uh, it depends on the time at which the death is reported. So, you know, sometimes it might miss the cutoff for the 24 hour period or something like that. So some, we will see fluctuations in the amount of deaths. What is Good news, though, is that we've seen a reduction in the number of cases and a sort of flattening a little bit of the numbers needing to go into hospital. Uh, So, unfortunately, deaths will always lag behind that because, uh, you know, people are unwell for usually a couple of weeks before they succumb to the illness. But this is just hospital deaths, isn't it? It doesn't include old age home deaths and other... Yeah, this is just hospital deaths, yes. So it'll be significantly more than that. Uh, yes, the, the problem is that, um, you know, p- people who are in an old people's home, they may not have been tested uh, for the virus specifically. So it will be mm. very difficult to say definitively that that is what they died of, especially yeah. if they haven't had a formal diagnostic test. Yeah. And a lot of the people in that uh, number of deaths reported uh, will have had other, other medical problems too, won't they? Uh, yes, yeah. So a, a significant proportion will probably have had underlying medical conditions. So th- there will be some question, and, th- and this will need to be teased out later on, it can't really be uh, assessed now, as to whether someone died of coronavirus or did they die of their underlying condition and coronavirus was at, at present on top of that in the late stages of that condition. Now, it likely would have contributed, but was this an individual who was already close to the end because of their underlying condition? But there'll be many people who have 
a relatively stable underlying condition who have contracted coronavirus. And it is coronavirus that unfortunately has has tipped them overboard and, and, and caused them to die. Yeah. And is it more uh, more likely to do that than a, a very serious uh, dose of, of the flu that we have now? Uh, well, I think uh, I think we're starting to see that. Yes, uh, it's a difficult question because when you uh, when you take flu in people with underlying medical conditions, we know that flu can be very severe in people with underlying medical problems as well. But what we're mm. seeing with coronavirus is that actually relatively fit, some relatively fit young people are becoming infected and having a very severe course of disease and needing to go into intensive care. Mm. And some of those, uh, fortunately, a relatively small proportion, but some of those are, are dying from the disease as well. Uh, so that is, would be quite unusual for, for flu. So mm. I think uh, when it gets to the end of this situation, we will probably look back at all the data and try and uh, work out, you know, how how did it vary with people with underlying medical problems compared to flu in people with underlying medical problems. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Former Labour MP for Ealing North from 1997 to 2019. That's quite a long stint. That is, yeah. yeah. That's nearly as long as you and I have been together. That is a long time. Yeah, it is a long that time. That is actually not uh, as long. Stephen. Yeah. Hello, mate. You're right. Got no interest in coming back into politics, then, have you? There, there, there's no second act in politics. Um, they, huh. are, you, are you glad you're out? Yeah, I am. But I mean, the other thing is, I'm phenomenally old. Um, and you know, at the age of 71, I'm thinking, what have I got? 20 years' life left at the most? Mm. 20 years. You know, there's so many more things I can be doing. I, mean, I left school when I was 15 and a half. Um, and, you know, and I was going to say I've been working ever since, but obviously you would uh, not, dis- not, not agree with that description of my activities. But, you know, I, I have been, I've been at the beck and call of other people since I was 15 and a half. And it's, it's quite nice. But, I mean, in some ways, this, this lockdown is, is terrifying. But on the other hand, not to have to worry about getting up. Mm-hmm. And then what I'm, I'm just trying to get some sort of a routine. Um, I've got this thing about, um, you know, sort of ablutions at eight o'clock, first watch, stand easy, um, exercise, you know, all that stuff, trying try to actually get the structure to the day. But every now and then I think, nah, sod it. Why should I? Mm. And back all right, the- now let's talk about Keir Starmer. Um, mm. Good choice, bad choice? Well, as, as leader of the Labour Party. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well he's not nothing else at the moment, yeah. is he? Well, no, he's... <laughs> It's been many things. No, I, I think of the of the three, um, I actually supported Lisa Nandy because I, th- I thought she was absolutely brilliant, a breath of fresh air. But I, mean, I think the, a little the, too young, possibly, possibly. But she you know, has put down a marker. I mean, one of the difficulties in the last four out of the last five leaders of the Labour Party have all been deeply embedded in North London. Yeah, you know? and I think that is a problem. Um, and there's a perception out out of, of London. I mean, there is such a place, I believe, uh, where people. Are, <laughs> Think of the Labour Party as, as being a sort of not come down to the Garden of England. Yeah. Love it. It's a correct perception, though, isn't it? Well, the problem is, it is. Uh, it, it is absolutely right, and, and I think that's that's a real difficulty. But um, what do we do? I mean, Gordon Brown was about as far from Islington as, you could, as one human being could get, um, mm. and you know he, he wasn't hugely successful. But I think what, once Keir's done, I mean, the, the really interesting stuff would be the drill down on day two and day three, when we see who's he put in the whips office, who's the PPS is, you know, who the lower lip because that's where he'll be marking people out for the future. For the moment, the are you um, are you all in agreement with him? Uh, over what he's done as far as clearing out the shadow cabinet of Corbyn supporters. 
Well, he's got um, Rebecca Long Daly. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, um, you know, she, she's in there, and Andy McDonald is still in there. So, mm. you know, there's, there's, there's a few of you. But some, <laughs> I think the point is he's, he's, he's actually made his appointments on the basis of mm. intellect and ability, not on ideology. And I think one of the mistakes that the Labour Party has made in the past is to point ideological soulmates, thinking that you actually need that, that comfort blanket. The interesting thing is how people like... Um, Yvette Cooper and Hilary Benn, who are two of the brightest people in Parliament, they, they aren't in, in the Shadow Cabinet. Now, both of them, obviously, are select committee chairs, although Brexit won't be for long. And why, <laughs> why aren't they? Well, you know, the, the Brexit committee, there's not much we might as well wind that up, mightn't we? Um, mm. Because, you know, the, the nightmare has begun. But the reality is that he's, he's managed to get people from across the spectrum. But the one thing that unites them is quite interestingly is the fact that these are people who are capable people like Luke Pollard who not a lot of people know about him but he's very very capable very very bright and it's interesting to see people like Andrew Gwynn have stepped down I mean I appreciate that Diane Abbott um, you know um, because it obviously just didn't add up for her so she decided that she'd pack it in but it's, it's overall looking at the shadow cabinet if I was a Tory front bench I'd be a little bit worried because there's some pretty bright talented people there and there's some, you know, they're capable of landing a blow. But the thing is, all the old certainties are gone. Why do you think he kept Rebecca there? I think he had to, in a way, because there's, there was virtually nobody else from the... the you know, he'd, he'd got rid of John Trickett, he'd got rid of Ian Lavery, he'd got rid of John McDonnell, um, he obviously got rid of Jeremy, in a way. Um, all, you know, all that lot had gone, all, all that, that sort of front line. I think that there had to be a point where he, he kept somebody from, from that so that it wasn't perceived as as, um, as a complete mm-hmm. yes, and Valentine's Day massacre. And, but it yeah. needs to be that, doesn't it? Well, a, a, a well, night of the long night. Well, it is, actually, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's pretty thorough, um, yeah. if, if you yeah. actually have a look at it. Oh, it's not quite as ruthless as, of course, I mean, it's, it's taken, taken the spotlight off. Um, and he's brought uh, off, Ed well, Boris, Boris Johnson's last one. If, do you know how many people he's sacked? You know, Boris Johnson actually sacked 14 frontline ministers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that's unprecedented since Harold Macmillan back in 1958. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. You get kind of mental messages from your plants. No, yeah. Like what? And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. I mean, when if, I get back, you'll be you, so you, old you're not working well, anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, who knows how long this is going to last, man? Brown sauce. And mm. it, the, the out of date thing was 2014, but it was sealed. I opened it and it was beautiful. I've got loads of mirrors. That's vanity. Troll. I get, a, you know, vanity. every time I walk past myself, I get a big, big kick. Mm. You dig a hole, really? you put the plant in and the seeds, you pour water on and it comes, it grows itself and then you eat it or look at it. Oh, yeah. Business, yeah, yeah. business, breakfast. Because so you know. well, that's your second string to your bow, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, breakfast. Um, I've decided that the time has come for me to be some curmudgeon old so-and-so sitting on an upturned bucket on the allotment <laughs> moaning about people like you. <laughs> ah, and, and give you a kiss. No, thanks, man. You've done that, you've tried that with me before. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.